0: Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of this podcast called The Desert Shift Podcast. Uh, this is a podcast that's going to be run by myself and Tyler. We'll introduce ourselves in a second, um, but we're just two ASU students and we love hockey, so we decided to start this podcast. So
1: Tyler, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself uh, first and I'll go. Alright, uh, I'm Tyler. I'm from New York, big Islanders fan, so... <laughs> All right, I'm, my name is Chase Beardsley. Uh, obviously, we're both uh, ASU
0: Cronkite students. I come from basically San Jose, California, um, and I'm also the beat writer of the ASU women's hockey team. So if you guys ever want to give that a follow, that's another thing. But uh, let's let's start it off, Tyler. Let's start off. Let's talk about the All-Star uh, game that happened just this past weekend as we're filming this. What are your thoughts on
1: uh, I don't really know what to think about the All Star Game. I'm not a fan of three on three. So,
0: did you watch the skills comp or the
1: games or anything? Uh, I watched the All Star Game. Okay, I I just think that there's no incentive to try in the All Star Game. Yeah, I mean, players don't want to get hurt. You know, they feel like they have to be there or else they'll get suspended. Yeah, and it's just like nobody there was really trying. I thought a little bit in the the first uh, Metro Atlantic mm-hmm. game that you know players were trying a little bit but in that last game once the atlanta got out to like a four nothing lead i think nobody cared anymore
0: yeah i feel like um you know i felt like the last ser- series or all star event held in vegas i thought that was like the peak all star experience that we've gotten in like the past like little <laughs> bit um you know I, I felt like the players really enjoyed themselves in vegas um i felt like the the skills comp was more enjoyable, especially, like, the uh, the ones themed around Vegas. I thought the blackjack yeah, uh, shooter nice. thing was was awesome. I felt like they, you know, were actually having a great time. And for this one, I felt like a lot of the stuff was really forced. Um, I'm going to jump into the skills comp real quick. I felt like um, the whole, whatchamacallit, the whole uh, shooting, judging thing, like, you know... Um, that Mitch Marner did with the white suit. Uh, I think um, Pasternak did a... Uh, did a, like, a... Happy Gilmore. Yeah, Happy Gilmore. I was trying to find the name on that. Yeah, the Happy Gilmore thing. It was weird because when I was watching it, they did it in, like, different segments throughout the game. And I felt like that was really stupid because, like, you know, uh, I was watching it. Mitch Marner did his thing. I'm like, okay, let's see what it, what the everyone's have to do. And, like didn't come until later and it's like why didn't you just do all of it in the same run like what was that Um I mean going off that like even in the Mitch Marner thing like PK Subban and Marner and like they just felt like they were being
1: forced to do it what, what do you think like I, I think that if they call it a skills competition it should be for players to showcase their skills like if you're gonna have a, a breakaway challenge uh, I guess that they like some players want to Like, have fun with it like Marner did or whatever. But if you're going to call it a breakaway challenge, I feel like have it be, like, an actual breakaway challenge.
0: Yeah, I think, like, um, all the, like, celebrity appearances were great for Florida. Like, you had, I believe uh, there was the Dolphins captain out there. There were some other players out there. there. Yeah, I I felt like that was awesome. Um, I mean, they did it in Vegas, too, with Derek Carr. And, I mean, John Hamm was out there, even though he's not really in the Vegas, but he was out there. Um, I, f- I felt like, obviously, that's awesome and all, but, again, it, it just felt forced this this time around. Um, like I said, like I feel like Vegas is still, like, the top bar in a little bit at least that the NHL is trying to get back to, and they really tried to Florida, but it just felt, like, cheesy and over the top. And I think for the first time in a long time, I enjoyed the games more than the yeah, skills comp.
1: I-, I liked it. I thought the games were much more enjoyable to watch just because – you know, the, the skills competition, it did feel a little bit forced, especially all the events, especially the golf one, yeah. where they were like just outside. It just, I don't know, I, I felt like they dragged that out a lot. And the one thing I, I did not like at all is they, they broke it up a ton. Like mm-hmm. uh, they would start off with, a, a, I think they did the speed challenge first, fastest skater. Yeah. And then, you know, they went to like the breakaway challenge and did like one, one person and they like kept splitting it up. Like we want to see one event, and just pick a winner. Then don't yeah. go and like have like a finals thing like they did with yeah this this uh, fastest skater. You know they never done that before. That was new it and just I felt it... like a, a way to get more like ad time and yeah. you know more commercial time, which none no fans want to see when they're watching. Yeah, I mean, I think that
0: was like a huge like con on the All Star game. I thought that was stupid. Um, I they like, drug it out and like we were talking about with the um breakaway challenge like that was another issue with the breakaway challenge that we were just speaking about like they broke it up and it's like oh i forgot that happened i feel like one of the pros though for the all-star event was like the themed like challenges i always enjoy those like like i mentioned the blackjack one in vegas uh there's another one in vegas the bellagio fountains i believe it was yeah like i enjoyed the dunk tank i thought that was the best thing of the skills comp
1: what about you what do you think was the best yeah i always enjoy the hardest shot competition I yeah think, i think it's it's fun but you know i feel like it's lost a little bit of its like charm i guess because you used to have like chara every year mm-hmm. and like shea weber yeah and now like it's still fun to see new people in it but i feel like when you would have like chara suban weber even like Ovi going every year it'd just be like a little more fun to watch yeah i, I mean i agree with that like
0: um you know, you have these essentials, like the uh like you said, the hardest shot, fastest skater. I think there there needs to be some revamping with that, but I think that's a like a pinnacle or a pin in the All Star event or weekend. I think another thing is uh the one where they have the targets in the four corners and you're trying to pick them off. Uh they're either styrofoam or I believe they changed them to like being electronic or something this year.
1: Uh no, they still broke. They were like okay. uh yeah, they broke whenever when you hit them. But I don't like the way they did that because they also broke it into like a finals, like the final four. They had them shooting next to each other. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I just felt like it it took away from. Because like McDavid easily won the first round. I think he broke all of them in less than 10 seconds. Mm. And then, you know, going into the the second round, it was just whoever got the four the fastest. And McDavid didn't miss a single target. You know, he he, did see that. I think it was eight for eight. Yeah. But, you know, he lost because he was. Slower, which I mean, it, it makes sense, but I still feel like he should have won because he did it in the fastest time.
0: Yeah. Well, before we get to the game, I don't know uh, if you have any ideas off the top of your head how they can improve it. I got some, but I want to hear your opinion For first. Which one? For all of them, because it's just a whole I, skills. Gone. I think going
1: back to the the breakaway challenge, just like let let the players have fun with it, yeah. like. Like, I remember a few years ago, I think it was Hurdle, he put on, like, the Justin Beaver mask. Yeah. When he shot on uh, Binnington. Yeah, in St. Louis. it so. was uh, something with Burns and Chewbacca a few years ago. Yeah,
0: I P.K. Subban and Yamir Yager. Yeah, I feel, like just,
1: I feel like this year, like, I guess the players, like, put their own flair in it. Even last year was Zegers. Like, he put his own flair in it. But this year it just felt, like, very, like, corporate. I don't know. Yeah, they
0: tried to force it in yeah. with the breakaway challenge. Like, uh, the whole... Uh think Roberto Luongo in the net and then Mitch Marner wearing the white suit like that stuff I know uh the Tuchuk brothers were out doing their thing um bringing in the Miami Dolphins like we said knock with Happy Gilmore but like a lot of them feel felt forced um it was just really really like kind of cringy to watch and I hate using that word I hate u- using that with yeah. the with this weekend especially, cause, Again, this weekend is meant for us as fans. It's not meant for the NHL to gather more money, although they will try their best to do that. Um, I I I just did not enjoy it, enjoy the skills comp. But um, any? Do you have any other ideas to like? Improve uh, the I actually comp?
1: like the idea of having like a, an event unique to the area that the All Star Game is at. But this year, I I just thought the golf one did not work. I like the dunk tank one. I thought that was fun to watch, mm-hmm. especially it's like fun seeing you know the top players get yeah. dunked in a dunk tank.
0: Especially uh, Crosby. Yeah. who We don't see a
1: lot of but, that stuff from. But the the golf one just it, it, it first of all it didn't really make sense what was going on. Yeah. At least to me, like you could tell what was going on, but they were just like shooting it over like hill or like the water and stuff. Like it, I just feel like they could have picked it was in florida they could have picked a better event to do put something else on the beach also like the dunk tank one was like golf you could do golf you could do golf california arizona even vegas yeah like it's not just specific to florida i thought they could have found something better that was specific to florida like doing something on miami beach
0: yeah i agree with you on that one um I always liked the like we mentioned the blackjack the Bellagio. Oh, yeah, that one
1: felt like specific to Vegas. Yeah, so.
0: exactly. And dunk tank, I felt like like you mentioned specific to Florida. Um, I know they were planning on doing like the uh, shooting like frozen meat pucks at Gators, but <laughs> I believe PETA shut that down. Actually, <laughs> I think they actually sent the NHL like some some baskets or something that, like for. I, I might have, might be wrong with that, but I know PETA did have a role to play in that, which was very unfortunate. I think something they need to bring back, which would make the weekend more enjoyable. I know fans loved it. Apparently, the players were telling each other on the bench this during the All-Star thing, is that they missed the draft.
1: Yeah, that
0: was... (laughs) fun. And, I mean, the reason why they shut that down, I feel like, is because someone had to get picked last, which is stupid, because these are All-Stars that we're talking about. Like, these are best players in the league, or supposedly the best players in the league. And I think the draft was just so much fun.
1: Uh, and I saw a video a few days ago of when Phil Kessel got picked last. Yeah. And, and uh, they always give they give him a car. I know. I, didn't, he gives, so. I know uh, a uh wanted the car really bad, so he was, like, telling everyone, hey, pick me last. Like, and I, I feel it. like, you know, giving away the car kind of makes it, like, you know what? I, like, it doesn't really matter if I get picked last. Like, I feel like it, it's kind of like some players want to get picked last, like Ovechkin, yeah. you know? It's like you want Dakar.
0: I think Logan Couture from the Sharks when he went to the All-Star <laughs> game got picked last, so I, I remember that. Um, but I think they should bring back the draft. I think there's a couple, like, things that they they need to get rid of um, and need to revamp. I think it, the whole weekend as a whole,
1: they need to revamp ASAP. And I think the league knows that at this point. I, I think if they want to keep it, Three on three, they could do that, but I think having a draft where you know you mix you mix all the divisions together, all both conferences together, kind of like how the NBA does it. Yeah, I think that would make it a little bit more interesting. It changes things up.
0: Yeah, let's uh, talk about the games a, a little bit. Uh, so the uh, Central Division beat the Pacific Division, and yeah. the Metro uh, lost to the Atlantic Division, yeah. and then in the finals it was the Atlantic winning, and then I believe it was. Um, Matthew check getting the MVP. Yeah. What did you think about the games?
1: Uh, Like I said earlier, I think there's not really a huge incentive to try anymore in the All-Star game. It's kind of just like, you have to be there. Like players obviously enjoy being there, hanging out with other star players. But you know, by, by the time you get to like that final game, you, some players just seem like they were just done. They don't want to be out there anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's fun to watch three on three, I think, especially with all the skilled players there but if someone they were just skating around not really trying then it kind of takes it away, away from him
0: I think 3 on 3 is the best format or in 5 on 5 because they used to do 5 on 5 I don't quote me on this but I think they did it in San Jose I remember just like a lot of the um, I think San
1: Jose was 3 on 3
0: it might have been don't quote me on that I know it was, like, around that time they started doing 3-on-3. Yeah, three they switched 3-on-3,
1: three. Three three, I think, in 2016 or 2017. Yeah, it was around that it was time. The year after Columbus.
0: I know I remember watching a game with a 5-on-5 five five all-star format, and I just remember it being so boring. <laughs> um, so I think 3-on-3, three three, they got something there. I don't know how much more you improve it, other than, like, incorporating the draft, like, mixing it up a bit. But, I mean, this year, like... And it's no disrespect to the All Star Game or anything, but like it was more fun to watch than the skills, and that's not saying a lot because usually like it's the
1: other way around. Yeah, I I think that it also when it was five on five, it didn't feel like an actual game because there's no checking, there's no fighting. You know, players didn't want to get hurt, mm. so you know players were just kind of also same with the three on three. You know, nobody wants to get hurt, so it's it's pretty uh, boring game from that standpoint. No checking, no fighting. I feel like, like that's, like, the main part of hockey, so. Yeah, I mean, that and the skills, I feel
0: like. Um, I, don't, I don't blame them for, again, not playing checking or any yeah, of that. Because no, no one would want to go to that. None of the teams w- would be up for that. But, I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what they do. I know they'll probably revamp it. It's in Toronto next year. Batman officially announced that. So that's going to be interesting. Let's am going to get back to that real quick. Uh, but before we get into next year, Let's uh, finish up talking about this year. I do want to list two pros that I saw in the All-Star games this year. Number one, I feel like the All-Star jerseys were the best in a long time. I really like the designs, the reverse retro theme. I am a sucker for the 2019 All-Star jerseys, the black and white ones. But ever since then, I feel like there hasn't been a
1: good All-Star jersey. Yeah, I, I love the the reverse retro theme, especially with uh, them wearing it during the skills competition. I just thought it was something different. We never really see that. Usually players are just wearing their normal home jerseys. So it's just nice to see a change.
0: Yeah, I think um, that was the second actual uh, pro I was going to go with. Uh, the reverse retros, I think that was the smartest idea that they've had in a long time. Yeah. I, I think... Um, those reverse retros just looked fire. I think most of them are amazing with exceptions to Detroit <laughs> um, and other lazy ones like that. Um, but, yeah, I think that was incredible. I know you were happy to see Bo Horvat in the fisherman jersey. Yeah. <laughs> that was I know that's like, that was like the last time I think every single team are going to use those All-Star jerseys. Yeah, I
1: think so, which I'm not really a fan of. I think if you introduce a new jersey, then there's, I don't get the point of having teams wear it for only like two months. I think they should have had them spend for the whole season. But Yeah, I agree. I think it should have been the whole season.
0: I understand the one-season thing. I think that's smart, but I think it should have been the whole season. I know like teams like Florida, with the Pounder Blue jerseys, I've heard rumors about them using those beyond this year. I've heard rumors about Minnesota using those yeah. North Star jerseys as their full-time home on away, which I don't agree with. I think it should be an alternate. I really like those forest green jerseys, but that's just my thing. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm going to shoot one last, like, pro that I saw. And, you know, I think the uh, performance this year by Fall Boy, I mean, I'm a <laughs> massive Fall Boy fan. That is probably my favorite band ever. I really enjoyed that that one and um i think it's the best like performance that we've had in a very long time because they incorporated like elements from the angel (laughs) like all the mascots were there 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 was fire it was actually a good performance i think um i forgot who it was last year i know green day was the year before that and Uh, then i think machine and
1: kelly was in vegas yeah, that one was terrible. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> um, I, I, I I don't really watch the the halftime performance yeah. at the All Star games, so I don't really have an opinion on them. That's
0: but. that's fair. Um, but as we mentioned, Toronto. Yeah. What we we talked a lot about like, themed events. What do you think? Could be some themed events, or should be some themed events, in your opinion?
1: Well, I think you could definitely do something within the city of Toronto, whether that be incorporating the CN Tower or like um, where the Blue Jays play, something in their field. It'll be cold because mm-hmm. it's in Toronto in, in the winter. But yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot of iconic places in Toronto. I'm not too familiar with the area, but I know the CN Tower. I know uh, I think it's Rogers Center where the Blue Jays play. Yeah. Uh, they they could definitely use some of those places for some, an event.
0: Yeah, like you said, I don't really know. I've never been in Toronto, but I think you have a great point with the Rogers Center or whatever it's called. Um, I think uh, it was in St. Louis. They were shooting the pucks from the upper deck. Yeah. Well, if they do something with that, with the Blue Jay Stadium, I think that would, that could be cool. I think CN Tower. Um, I mean, you. We were talking about uh, shooting pucks off the CN Tower. <laughs> I think that, I don't think they'll do that, but I think that'd be cool. Um, another thing is that like most of the lakes are frozen. Yeah. Do something with that. I feel like that would be cool since it's in Toronto. Yeah. Doing the fastest. Uh, faster skater uh competition out there instead of inside so you don't have that injury All, like the only thing
1: you have to worry about is like you know um just skating on the wide open rink yeah and uh this year the ahl all-star game did something like that because it was in uh laval, laval. yeah uh, i saw something on their instagram they posted uh they had something going on on a frozen lake there which i thought was cool they could definitely do something like that in toronto
0: yeah i agree with you um it's going to be interesting like how happy players are going to be there because, again, as you mentioned, this is going to be a stark difference from most of the All-Star events. Like, in the past couple of years, it's been in Florida, Vegas, San Jose, Tampa. Uh, St. Louis was the one exception. I know, uh, I think that was 2020, um, where it was, I yeah. think it was cold outside. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. I've only been to St. Louis in the summer, so I don't really know, but... In the past like couple years, like, with the exception of St. Louis, like we've seen them like go to a very warm or warmish climate so it's going to be a stark difference like do you have any opinions on that
1: yeah i think that's uh like a reason players didn't really mind the all-star games this year or last year because you know it felt like it was a vacation they could bring their families there's a lot to do in florida a lot to do in vegas san jose yeah like you know you could bring your kids to the beach there in florida there's disney world which yeah. i know a lot of players went to they did. you know yeah. if it felt like more of a vacation like i feel like you go to toronto like do you, if you're like a, you have a young kid, you really want to bring your young kid to Toronto, where it could be freezing cold. Like, what is there going to be for them to do?
0: Besides the Hockey Hall of Fame, yeah. and then unless you're like in, you live in Toronto, I don't, I don't know, man. But um, I'm going to bring up one last thing, and then we're going to move on. Um, there was one team that did not have a representative. Yeah. That was really
1: stupid. That's that's one thing I, I want them to change is the one representative from each team because I feel like it doesn't fairly represent an all-star game, because an all-star game you want your top players there. The one you get guys like Seth Jones there, you know, I, I feel like it just doesn't really represent the meaning of an all star.
0: You know Seth Jones actually scored a goal. I
1: know he scored a goal, but I All mean... Star. <laughs> all star. Um I somewhat agree
0: with you. I like it because like you, you're you attracting all fans. And like we said, this is for the fans. Yeah. Some fans, yeah, are like you and they want to see, like, all the All-Stars and exclude, like, you know, the team, the bottom-feeding teams. I'm kind of in the same boat, but at the same time, like, I just think they need to do a better job at selecting All-Stars because I could disagree with half the All-Stars they choose. Because I think seattle should have had a representative they're a really good team this year jared mccann vince dunn like i can keep going they should have been there i know mccann would proposed to his wife over the all-star break but then why not vince dunn um i don't think chandler stevenson deserved to be an all-star um i think he's a good player i don't think he should have been a representative in place of a kraken representative although what the kraken did on their social media was (laughs) really funny I don't think Seth Jones should have been an All Star. I think Patty Kane should have been an All Star. In his case, just instances like that. I think they they chose the majority of the players right. You know, I think Troy Terry is a smart option. I'm surprised they didn't go with Trevor Zegers because we know how much the league loves <laughs> him. Uh, Eric Carlson was a good choice. Like, of course, Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, all these, you know, good ones. I think they also did a good job at also representing some of the underrated players. Uh, Stuart Skinner got in there. I know it's partly because the Pacific Division sucks at goaltending, but it was nice to see him and Logan Thompson yeah. in there. You know, and see these first newbies. It's nice to
1: see Brock Nelson get in there. Brock and-
0: Nelson, yeah, yeah, that was another good one. Um Very underrated player. I agree with you. Uh, Matthew Tuchuk, who's having a great year in Florida. We don't talk enough about yeah. him. I feel like he's a uh fair like, person in that category to shove in. But I think another thing that they need to do differently is the uh, players, like the fan vote. The fan vote, like, you know, they did one this year, but come on, let's all be real. It was their own deciding.
1: Yeah, and I think that if they are going to have one representative from each team, which, I mean, I get the point of that, wanting to like draw in fans from every team, then expand the rosters a little bit. You can have one representative from each team, but then allow more players that deserve to be there to get in.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. and like, like we said, like, I think you agree with me. A lot of the decisions were the correct decisions, but yeah. there were some dumb decisions in there. I think, uh, you know, I really think there should have been a Kraken representative. And I think the fact that that's their motto, hey, we're going to have one from every team. And then the only Kraken representative there was Bowie the troll. <laughs> that's just stupid on their part. Let's move on to the um, the Beau Horvat trade, and yeah. I'm gonna let you take the reins in on this
1: one. You're an Islanders fan. Uh, talk to me a little bit about it. Um, I I love the trade from the fact that the Islanders are not in a position right now to rebuild at all. Yeah, don't have any like assets that could just trade off. Most of the core is signed long term, so it's kind of like you have to go in there and you have to retool because the team right now, you know, they're sitting two points outside of a playoff spot. They they could still get in especially getting Horvat, but, you know, a lot of fans saying they need to rebuild, you know, just trade away like Barzell, Dobson. These guys are signed long term and, you know, you have one of the best goalies in the league, one of the best defensive cores in the league, like not really in a position to rebuild. So that's why I was kind of in the position that I'm fine trading away some prospects, some picks to try and go all in for the next two to five years to try and get a cup. Yeah,
0: basically what happened was that Vancouver trade
1: Beau Horvat. how much salary did they retain uh, 25%. I don't know the exact money,
0: but it's yeah. 25%. 25% um, in exchange for Anthony Bavillier, Atu Ratu, and a conditional first-round pick um, that was top 12 protected if... The Islanders pick within the top 12 this year It will be flipped and be unprotected last year. As mentioned, uh, the Canucks are retaining part of the salary of Bo Bo Horvat. We'll get into his contract extension in a second, but talk to me a little bit about Vancouver's return.
1: Um, I I like Ratu. Uh, I always thought that it was a steal getting him in the second round. I thought he was a first-round talent. But uh, I mean, sometimes you gotta trade away those guys to get a star player in return because you don't know what Rocky's gonna turn into. We don't know if he's gonna reach the potential that Horvath's at right now. You know, he could be coming to a very good player or, you know, he could just stay as a third, fourth line center. Uh, for Beauvillier, I love Beauvillier. He gave me the greatest moment of my life in game six, but he was the streakiest player ever. You know, he would show up in the playoffs. Every playoff series, he was one of our best players. But, you know, the regular season, especially the last two years, he would just disappear. He'd go on a streak for like a week where he'd get a point every game, score a ton of goals, then he'd disappear for two months. So, I mean, it, it's tough to find a spot for that guy in the lineup As you try multiple different places. Tried him with Barzell, tried him, you know, on the fourth line to see if he could grind out some goals. He didn't really work anywhere, which it sucked. You know, as an Islanders fan, we always want to see our everyone on the team succeed. So just hoping that he could find a spot in Vancouver. I saw they had him on the first line of practice with uh, Pedersen. So hopefully those two could get some chemistry and he could uh, find his game back.
0: Yeah, and um, I think Beauvillier is one of the uh, biggest names in the NHL that needed a change. I think uh, number one, speaking of Vancouver, is Brock Besser. I'm surprised he's not dealt yet. Uh, But speaking about this trade from um, a non-Islanders or Canucks fan, I think it's a great trade for the Islanders. I think they get a leader and a good goal scorer in Bo Horvat. I know a lot of people have been hating on it because, you know, Horvat is a little bit on the older side, I think. He's only 27. 27? Okay, I, I thought he was 28. Um, so I, I like Horvat. I really do. I know people are disagreeing with his new contract. We'll get to that in a second. Canucks, you know, if Beauvillier works out, if Ratu works out, and this is an if, I feel like um, I feel like this could be a good trade for Vancouver. Like I think it could even out, but I think right now on paper, uh, Horvat the Islanders like makes a lot of sense. And I think that's the team that wins it because you also get the combination the top two centers of Barzal and now Horvat. Horvat is a first line center. Let's be honest; like you're getting two first line centers now, and I think the Islanders center def now becomes quickly one of the best in the league going to vancouver i think man like i disagree that i really think they should have kept horvat over jt miller i think that was a stupid decision i don't know what that culture is going to look like with now horvat taking out and now miller is probably the biggest character in that locker room that's going to be really interesting i'm kind of scared for them i'm kind of scared for connects fans um, we're sending our prayers to you connect fans. I know y'all have had a rough like years, <laughs> <laughs> like probably since the 2020 playoffs. And, and that was during the COVID shutdown. I feel bad for you. connect fans. Like, I'm sorry that this happened to
1: you, but again, I think the Islanders win. I think Horvat fits the Islanders really well because they're they're a team built off of, built in the locker room. You know, they kind of, nobody really has a big personality that sticks out. They'll kind of feed off of each other, you know. It's to build off leaders. Uh, they all buy into a system. I think in Vancouver, you know, you have a lot of guys with like personality like JT Miller, like, you know, they might not feed into the system. It's kinda of hard to be a leader there with whatever's going on, especially with the whole Boudreaux situation. Jesus. I just think Corvette fits super well into the Islanders locker room. I think uh Rick Toggate Scampi
0: is a big reason why they're uh we're keeping JT Miller because I feel like they've scoped this out in advance because I think as we know, Toggate's like dealt with like big personalities like Phil Castle in Pittsburgh and Arizona. Um, I think that's a big reason why they're okay with keeping Miller over Horvat, And like you said, I think this, this is great for the Islanders culture. Um, what they're going to do with their cab space now is going to be interesting. They signed Horvat to eight by 8.5 contract extension earlier today, or was it yesterday? Yesterday. Okay. Yesterday, you know, it's been a long couple days, um, (laughs) I'm going to let you speak first about this one. What do you think of the Horvath extension?
1: Um, I'm, I obviously like it. Now you have Barzal, Horvath locked up for the next eight years, along with Dobson, Polak, Pelic, all locked up long-term. So I think you kind of have your core there. Uh, Sorokin isn't signed long-term, but I, I think they'll get it done. I don't see him leaving. He's a free agent after next offseason. But your your core is there. And then you have a lot of the bad contract expiring within the next two one or two years, you know, Paul Mary, Bailey coming off the books. Anders Lee's not a terrible player, but 7 million is a steep cap hit. So, you know, I think that especially with the cap going up by the time he's like 34, 35, that 8.5 million is going to look more like 7 million, maybe even 6.5. So, you know, it, it right now it might look a little steep, which I don't even think because he's producing, but even if if he keeps this up, I think it'll look like a steal in a few years with the cap going up. Yeah, I think it's a
0: I think that's exactly what you were going to sign Bo Horvat for if he hit the open market. I think that's a fair deal for him because it's around the same that we've seen centers go for in the past couple of years. And I think with the cap going probably up soon, I think that's going to be the standard, that benchmark for uh centers like David Pasternak, who's going to be demanding an extension, Dylan Larkin. Um Matthews next off season. Matthews next season. Yeah. I like I think that's this is the benchmark contract. Like Horvat is obviously not as point producing as those players maybe that I just listed, but he's a good goal scorer. He's a good leader. I think that's what it's going to cost you. And then going on about what you said about the Islanders roster, what really interested me as a non-Islanders fan now is that what are they going to do with their goaltending tandem? Because Blair comes off the books this season. He has been a great backup slash uh, 1B goaltender for Sorokin. He has a five mil contract. Um, I wonder if they're going to resign him because he's going to command a lot of money. He's been really good. I
1: I think a lot of this depends on how the next few games go for the Islanders, because if they see success go into a playoff spot, I don't see them trading Varlamov because if something does happen to Sorokin, and you know, you trade Varlamov away, then you don't really have a reliable backup. If they don't get a goalie in return, then your backup becomes Corey Schneider. <laughs> and uh, I don't know how much you trust Corey Schneider at his age right now. So I, I think a lot of that depends on how the next few games go. If the Islanders can can win a few games, get themselves into the into a playoff spot. I think they keep Varlamov. Uh, I think they try and get him signed to an extension. If not, I think they trade him because you could get a decent amount in return because of some teams, especially L.A., Pittsburgh, their goalie situation is there, and them, them desperately needing uh, a, a reliable starter. You know, I, I think that the Islanders could get a lot in return, but having him as a backup, a guy that's capable of starting on most teams in the league, you know, that would be huge going into the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I think um, something with the Islanders is that, like like you said, they're not at the top of their division. They're... Fighting it out for that wild card spot, so it's going to be interesting. Like, what are they going to do if they don't make the playoffs? Um, I think in any situation, I think this is a quick fix. Um, I think you have the great, the good core pieces there uh, now, Horvat, but with Barzal, Lee, um, you got some others like Pelch um, in there, and then obviously one of the best goaltenders in the league in Sorokin. So, what they do from there, I think they'll revamp the bottom six. Although that bottom one has been a great asset for the Islanders,
1: it is cap, not cap friendly. Uh, I, I actually think the Islanders have one of the, the best bottom six in the league. Yeah, I agree. The The problem is they've been plagued by injuries. You know, um, yeah. Clutterbuck has been out for most of the season. Um, Hudson Fashing, who's really turned into a, a solid bottom six piece. Uh, I'm not even joking about that. He's been very good. He was hurt for a little bit. Kyle Palmieri was out for a while. So, you know, that that third line, which I love uh, for most of the season, was Parise, Pajot, Palmieri.
0: You know,
1: I I, I thought they were great. Then Palmieri got hurt. Uh, Simone Holmstrom has been solid. It's the first-round pick back in 2019. Mm -hmm. So I think that the pieces are there. It's just been, especially with all the, the injuries that the Islanders have dealt with, it's been hard to kind of find the right line combinations. And um, the fourth line of Clutterbuck, Zizigas, Martin, you know, they've been one of the best fourth lines for the past few years. But Clutterbuck's been hurt a ton. Zizigas has had to move throughout the lineup. It's just been hard to find consistency with the bottom six. Yeah,
0: I mean, I agree with you. It's just that I think now with Horvat's $8.5 million contract, they even... (laughs) Wow, Lou (laughs) Lamorello said, uh, was a bit rich, which is funny because he signed the (laughs) Kovacek contract. Um... I think that could affect what they do with the bottom six. I'll, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to say one last thing, I'll, and then I'll let you say one last thing, and then we'll move on to a little mini trade, and then we'll go on to our last topic of the day. I have heard John Gabriel Paggio's, uh name and a little bit of rumors. Uh, Elliot Friedman uh, did report uh, that he would be interested, like what they do with Pacho if the Islanders find themselves without the playoff spot. I know Carolina would probably be in the mix of that because they are looking for some – grit and some determination in some offense in that bottom six, especially after Max Pacioretty went down with injury. So I wouldn't be surprised if Paggio gets traded, especially with that contract. Like Lou Limarello does not like those big contracts. He's made it quite obvious in the past and now and like today and yesterday. Um, I would not be surprised if they move him out because um, they could probably find someone like him for the third line that isn't as expensive in the free agency market. So, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to flip Pedro for some assets
1: and then go for it next year. I don't think Pedro gets traded. Really? No. He's I, in my opinion, he's one of the most underrated players. He does everything: power play, penalty kill, wins faceoffs. Uh, you know, he's not afraid to fight someone, even though he's one of the mo- more smaller guys. I just, I think it's hard to to replace him, especially what he brings to the locker room. I know yeah. him, all the guys love him in there. Uh, I, I don't think he gets moved. And the Islanders' plan right now is to have Horvat and Barzell play together. You know, Horvat takes the draws while Barzell mostly drives the plays. You know, it's nice having you know two guys who are capable of being number one centers on your top line. Yeah, absolutely. And then that leaves you with Nelson Pajos as he gets down the middle. And you know, if you you need if you need to, you know, you could always put Horvat on the second line as yeah. a center. You know, I think having five guys capable of playing center is huge. Yeah. because if you need to you know you're down or you're up up a goal you could shuffle your like, the lines around to be more offensive or defensive with that yeah so i i don't think the islanders are going to move peggio at all there's no real reason to you know yeah. the only reason would be because his contract's a little high it's only five million i believe maybe 5.5 but i think but, uh because they signed
0: Horvat, you're going to also have um does Barzi's contract kick in, kick in this year or next, next year? Next year. So you're going to have Barzal's contract also kick in. You're going to have, I think if I read it correctly, around 17 mil, I believe, uh, total in your center death. And again, you're going to need to pay Sorokin in a couple years or Alamov. If they want to keep him, they're going to have to pay him a little bit more than 5 mil. So it's going to be hard to squeeze everyone in here. Someone's going to have to leave. I feel like Um could be Peugeot, could be someone uh, that we don't know. But I know a lot of teams would be interested in Peugeot, as you said, for all those qualities that you just just listed. Um, Again, I think from someone who's looking on the outside, JGP is one of the best middle-line players that provides a lot of character, a lot of offensive depth, a lot of grit and physicality. I think a lot of teams would love to have
1: him. Yeah, I I just think... Uh, from Lou's perspective, Lou doesn't like to make trades just to make trades. Absolutely. So, so I I think that for him to, moving Pajot, just it, it would be a trade just to make a trade, and I don't think he would want to do that.
0: I think the if he did do that Pajot trade though, I think he wants good assets back, and I think Carolina has the assets for that uh, for that trade. And again, I don't think the Islanders are going to rebuild. I think at most. If everything goes to the worst, they retool. I don't think they'd blow anything up. I think the biggest piece they would move would be Varlamov or Pajot. I don't think they move anyone higher than that at all. But, again, like we'll, it's all up to how the Islanders play in the coming weeks, and we'll talk about that probably in the next couple of episodes. Yeah. I mean, you are the Islanders fan. <laughs> so. um, moving from that to my team, I'm a Sharks fan. I don't know if I mentioned that. Um I'm a, more of a fan of the game of hockey, but um, I love the Sharks. They would be, they are my team. Um, they did make a trade. Um, not a blockbuster. Unless you want to consider it a blockbuster. Jacob Magna to the Seattle Kraken for a fourth round pick. I don't remember. There was a condition on that pick. It was either Seattle's or Colorado's uh, pick, depending on what happens um, with the whole uh, rankings. Uh, we'll see. But, um, yeah, Magna to the Kraken... I, do, I think you're not going to have a huge response uh, but go I want to hear your response um,
1: first. I, I saw that Megna was a plus on the Sharks. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's just good depth for Seattle, you know. Their their defensive core is good, but you know there's always injuries, something happens. He's a great guy that you can just plug into the lineup and you know, you know he'll be a solid defensive defenseman for you.
0: Yeah. Um I think it's it's uh interesting for the sharks because this is the second trade they made before trade deadline and it's not involving any of the huge pieces that we know most likely are going to be dealt i think it's kind of like the minor like quake and then the big quake is going to happen trade deadline with probably Timo Meyer, maybe Eric Carlson, we're also going to probably see Nick Benino, James Rammer, those Scott Harrington probably leave, even though Scott Harrington probably is not the biggest piece. This is probably the return you're going to see for Scott <laughs> Harrington as well, uh, but I like Jacob. Um, he's a good young defenseman. He played most...
1: He's like 30 now.
0: Is he that old? Yeah. I Well, he's great great home, hometown, uh, or sorry, not hometown, but homegrown talent. He was left undrafted, the Sharks actually signed him, spent a lot of time with the Barracuda. Rose from that has been kind of in and out of the lineup this year, but he's been playing a lot with Eric Carlson. He's really tight with Eric Carlson. I believe they did ballet together, uh, which is awesome. Um, I think one of the first tweets I saw when Jacob got traded was uh, Eric's wife uh, with a sad face emoji and all that. Um, So this is a guy who was really liked by the Sharks roster. He's a really likeable guy. I think it's he's going to be a great like bottom pairing uh, seventh defenseman. He could grow to be the fourth defenseman because this is a guy who has really grown from probably just an a, uh, like an AHL defenseman to someone who has been on the sixth seventh uh, line. Uh, well, not sixth seventh line, but probably your sixth seventh guy uh, if they had a, uh, pair him with Eric Carlson all the time. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see who they pair with Eric Carlson. Um, Scott Harrington is actually going to enter that that duo. Uh, yeah, for the to, first game uh, left, Ferraro. I thought he used to play with Carlson. Ferraro did play with Carlson a little bit. I think they like having him with. Like, I believe they've had him with classic Ferraro was with Burns actually a lot of the time. But um, so we're going to see Harrington. With Carlson, I don't know if that's going to affect Eric Carlson's play. I don't think so because I don't think Jacob Mangna was the main reason why Eric Carlson is having a career renaissance. But again, I I think <laughs> I think the Kraken get a good defenseman here um, if they decide to flip someone like Carson Susie, who's on an expiring deal, and they can't get that deal done, they choose to flip him. Jacob Magnus is gonna be a great uh, insert into that lineup.
1: Yeah, I mean, fourth round pick isn't isn't huge, but for the Sharks, you know, you get a, get another prospect, maybe it turns into something. Yeah. yeah, and again, this is a guy who, like,
0: you got for nothing. He was yeah. undrafted, you just signed him, so you're getting something back. I think that's fair. I feel like they could have gone maybe a third, but I think that's asking for a little bit too much. Um, I think this is a good trade for both sides. Sharks getting exactly what they need in draft pick and Seattle getting some reinforcements on the decor. We'll see what they do with that. Uh, let's go ahead and talk for a little bit about the our last topic, which is going to be the predictions for the second half of the season, uh, what we can talk about for the second half of the season. I'll start with you first. Uh, what do you expect to see in the second half of the season? Uh, what are you looking forward to?
1: Um, first off, I, I think Boston's going to slow down a little bit. That's yeah. one thing I look for. I don't see them being able to keep up this pace for the entire season. So for them, I think it's, they do fall into a little bit of a slump. It's, you know, pick up where you are towards the end of the season going into the playoffs. You know, don't slump into the playoffs and do what Tampa did uh, a few years ago when they got swept by Columbus. I think that's, that's a main thing to look for. Same with teams like the Devils. I think they slow down a little bit. You know, a, a team that's pretty young and you know isn't used to a lot of playoff intense hockey towards the end of the season. You know, meaningful yeah. hockey towards the end of the season. I would like to see how they that young team responds to to being in a, a pressure situation when they get towards the end of the season and into the playoffs. Yeah. So the, those are two teams I look. I think might slow down a little bit, but uh, I would like to see how they respond if they do slow down at all.
0: I mean, I think Boston entered the All Star break with a three game losing streak. Um, which is the longest losing streak they've had all season long. So uh, Boston fans are panicking right now. Um, but uh, as I was saying, uh, as you were saying, like I think Boston will slow down a little bit. I think they're still going to win the President's Trophy. What yep. they've done this season is insane. I think that's a lot to do with Jim Montgomery. And we'll talk about that probably in another episode, Boston Success, when they win the President's Trophy. Because – most likely they will. I think Carolina is going to really pick up because I yeah. think they're going to have a huge trade deadline. I think this is going to be the biggest trade deadline upcoming in uh, years for the Hurricanes. And they're just someone that usually doesn't do anything during a uh, trade deadline. But I think especially Max Pacioretty out, I think you're going to see a lot. So I think they're going to really pick it up. And I think they'll be the main challenge to Boston for that President's Trophy. Um, we talked a little bit about the East. Uh, I agree with you about the Devils, by the way. I think they're going to be uh, a little bit slower but I think they're going to still get that. Uh, maybe the first, second seed in the Metro, they might get knocked down in the second. I don't know. Wait, no, because the Hurricanes are first. Yeah, I think they're going to yeah. stay in the second. I almost forgot about the Hurricanes. I was just speaking about them. Um, so I think they'll stay in the second. But I think they're going to slow down a bit. I think they're going to really teach themselves how to, like, win. Um, let's flip over to the West. We didn't really talk about the yeah. West.
1: I think Vegas is really, really in trouble. Uh, I think Vegas still gets into the playoffs. I agree. You know, I I believe Seattle has a few games in hand on them. And uh, Seattle's really coming for that first spot in the Pacific. I mean, you have the Kings. If the Kings figure out their goaltending situation, they could be dangerous. You can never really count out the Oilers because of McDavid as much as they've they've struggled a little bit this year. You know, I believe they'll get into the playoffs. And then uh, going over to the the Central, uh, I feel like, uh, Dallas really has that one spot locked up in the Central. Uh, But I think Colorado's coming up. You know, the Wild have to watch out. Even the Jets have to watch out a little bit. Colorado gets healthy. They could go in a big run, and I think they could easily become the second or third seed in the Central.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the Mark Stone injury for Vegas is really going to slow them down. Who knows? They might swing big in trade deadline. They've been known to do so. Would I like to see that? No, because I don't like Vegas. But I think um, being, you know, non-biased here, I think they are in trouble, but they could quickly turn around. I think Bruce Cassidy is a good coach. Um, I think going off that, um, what you said about Edmonton, I'm kind of scared for them. I think they still make it into the playoffs as a wild card. I don't think they make it into that top three. It just feels like what we've seen from past years. It's the Connor McDavid, Leon saddle show with a little bit of Zach Hyman and uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins helping them out. Jack Campbell has not been that great this year. I think a lot of their death has not been that great. I know Jesse Pooley-RV is probably going to get traded, uh, this yeah. trade deadline. Um, so I'm not – I'm kind of scared for them. We'll see what happens. I think they still beat Calgary out for that final wild card spot. Um because I just don't think Calgary is all that this year. I think they need more time with this core, because you can't just flip your core like they did and expect to win like they're trying to. And I don't know. I think Jacob Markstrom is having it down year too, which is unfortunate. But I think Seattle, if I was a betting man, I think Seattle runs away with that division. I think Vegas slips down to third. I think even though L.A. is having cool tending issues, I think they... They do something. I think they're a good enough team to the point where, like, they get into that second spot. Especially with Vegas, I think they're going to slump until the trade deadline when they pick up someone big. Um, because of Mark Stone, he was a huge part. Jack Igles hasn't been that great this season, to be all fair. I think, like you said about Colorado, Colorado is healthy now. Watch yeah. out. This is a scary team. This is the defending Stanley Cup champions. They, they were in a hole because, you know, you had McKinnon out. You had... Uh, you still have Linus Cog out. There were
1: some other pieces out. Uh, I know Byron was out for a while. He's he's back now. Uh, Nishushkin was out for a decent amount. I think he's healthy now.
0: I really think that's another team that we're going to see have a decently big trade deadline. I think they swing for someone like Jonathan Taze or Patrick Kane. We'll see. I think they they're not gonna get a wild card spot. I think they're gonna get a top three in the Central. I think uh, Minnesota has been sketchy of recently. I really think Dumba's gonna leave in trade deadline because yeah. I don't think he's getting re-signed because they don't have the cap space. I think Winnipeg is okay. I think they're they gonna try to have a good trade out deadline. I think Dallas is gonna win that division. I believe a lot in, in Dallas' score. I think they're gonna get a good piece maybe at the trade deadline, we'll see. I think the wildcard spots belong to Edmonton and then one of the teams that falls out of the Central, like uh, Minnesota or Winnipeg, I still believe Dallas and Colorado are going to get one of the top three spots. I think Dallas is
1: going to win that division. Yeah, I I agree with that. Uh, I think you know nashville's still still in there a little bit i agree with that you know if if the wilds do go in a little bit of a, a slump and you know nashville gets on a little hot streak i could see nashville especially with soros how good he's been this yeah. year they could be able to sneak into that last wild card spot i believe they did last year they made the last wild card spot yeah they lost to colorado which was unfortunate because they didn't have Saros. yeah but you know uh now they they have their their pieces there nashville yossi Forsberg, mcdonough yeah, McDonough, even uh, Duchesne. He's having a little bit of a down year. I don't think Matt Duchesne is the player that we saw last year. I think he's more the player that we're seeing this year. Yeah, but I, they still have some good pieces there. I, I personally don't think they get into the playoffs. Neither do I. But, you know, you you never know, especially any any team, you go into a big win streak, you know, another team goes in a big lose streak. It's pretty easy to just flip-flop places. Especially in division, you know, you have so many games against each other. Those four-point games could swing a lot of things. Yeah, I think Calgary and Nashville,
0: as you said with Nashville, are those teams that barely missed the playoffs? I think Sharks, Ducks, Chicago, Arizona, those four are your hundred percent certified <laughs> bottom feeders. Tank hard for Bedard, um, but I think everyone else. I think that I can remember. Oh, uh, in Vancouver. And sorry, Vancouver fans. I know we you've had a hard time, <laughs> but yeah, I think Vancouver's in that in that category with the Sharks in them too. I think every everyone else uh, that's going to be a fight tooth and nail. Um, I think at Nashville, Nashville doesn't make it this season. I think they fire Hines because I don't think he's that good of a coach. I'm gonna flip it over to the East real quick and talk about, go back to them really quickly. I think, like I said, like um, Columbus, Philadelphia, Montreal, um, Ottawa, and Ottawa and Detroit to an extent. Although who knows with them? Um, I think those five are your bottom feeders. I really like Buffalo's chances of getting the wild card spot. I'm really worried about Pittsburgh. I think they've been hot and cold as of recently. I would be worried about Washington a little bit too because they are an older team, and we saw them struggle in the beginning of the year. Granted, they did have some serious injuries. Islanders I would really worry about because I believe Buffalo and Pittsburgh both have games in hand. Yeah. Um, I think those would be the four teams that battle it out for the wild card spot. Um, Before I make my predictions, what do you
1: have to say? Uh, A thing with uh, Washington, Pittsburgh, and the Islanders is the Islanders still have three games left against both Washington and Pittsburgh. They've only Mm -hmm. played them once. So, you know, those, even with games in hand, you know, the Islanders, if they sweep the three games against Washington, three games against Pittsburgh, that could change a lot. Or if Pittsburgh or Washington sweeps those series, you know, I I think those three games are huge because they've only played each other once this season.
0: Yeah, so... Let's make our final predictions for the pre, for the uh, rest of the season. I mean, obviously, it's the first episode of the podcast, so we didn't get to share our um, season predictions. We didn't even know each other yeah. before the season started. So uh, let's share our, our, uh, our end-of-season predictions. Let's start with the West. Um, who are you going with for the top three in each division and then the two wild-card spots?
1: Uh, with the Pacific, I'm gonna say it's Seattle's first, Vegas second, the Kings third. Uh, the Central, I, I think Dallas stays on top. I think Winnipeg stays at the second spot just because they're already they've already solidified their place there. I think Colorado gets the the three seed, and then I I think Edmonton and the Wild are the two wild card.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm gonna say kind of the same as you. Number one, Pacific Seattle. I think they're they've got a really good team. I think their only issue is goaltending, and I think that's going to be an offseason issue. I think Martin Jones is fine as your starter. Um, I think number two, it's going to be like a one point dif- like between these two teams, but I got L.A. actually in second place, Vegas in third. Uh, I just think that Mark Stone injury is yeah. really critical to Vegas, and if they do nothing, I really, really pity um, Vegas fans because that could be a huge loss for the playoffs. In the Central, I got uh, Dallas one. I think they pretty much locked yeah. up that spot. I'm going to go ahead and say Colorado two and win and three. I think, like I said, with L.A. and Vegas, that's going to be a close one as well. But I think Colorado wants to get healthy. And I think they're going to add someone big in trade deadline. I think they're really going to go off. I think the top wild card spot goes to Minnesota. I think they, in almost any other division, gets the one of the top three spots, but that since that central division is really good, at least the top four or five yeah. I think are some of the best top five in any of the divisions. Um, I think they get that top spot last wild card spot. I think it's, I think the two teams that comes down to is Edmonton and Calgary, but I have Edmonton taking it. I think yeah. Connor McDavid is just on a whole new level this year. I mean, we can speak for hours about Connor McDavid, um, I think him and Dreisaitl are just too good. I think Stuart Skinner is actually a really good goaltender. And I think Zach Hyman and Ryan Hopkins don't get as much love as they should. I really think um, they're going to try to do something in the
1: trade deadline, but we'll see. Um, Let's move over to the Eastern Conference. What do you got? Uh, I don't think the Atlantic changes at all. I think it's Boston, Toronto, Tampa, top three. I think that's pretty obvious. I don't really see that changing a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Metro, uh, I think the Hurricanes stay at the top. I think the Rangers pass the Devils. Rangers get the two spot, Devils three. Because I do think the Devils are going to slow down a little bit. The Rangers have a little bit more experience. You know, Shesterkin had a little slow start to the season. I think he he doesn't play as he did last year, but he definitely uh, plays a little bit better than he was. Gets to like a 920-something save percentage. And then the wild card, I think Pittsburgh gets it, then a little bit biased. I think the Islanders sneak into the wild card spot there. Um, I, if the Islanders don't make it, I do think Buffalo sneaks in there. But uh, uh, Buffalo is another team that's been really hot. I do think they slow down a little bit. You know, maybe they sneak in, but I'm going to stick with the Islanders getting that second wild card.
0: Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, honestly, for the Atlantic division. I think that's all locked up. I think there's no argument. I think the only argument to be made is who gets the second and third seed between Toronto and Tampa. Boston, obviously, number one. Um, man, I really like Toronto um, this season compared to the last season's. I think their goaltending is a lot more stable, yeah. which is weird because I would have not <laughs> predicted that at the beginning of the season with Sam Snob and Murray. But I really like Ilya Sam Snob. I think he's a great goaltender who wasn't really given a fair chance in Washington or really did not fit in with Washington. Again, he's young. Goaltenders take a while to develop. Yeah. But, oh man, I really think Tampa is just it's, great. It's just so hard to bet
1: against them It's the so hard. It's yeah. so hard.
0: It, come on. Let's not be stupid. We know they're going to get someone trade deadline that they yeah. shouldn't have, but they're going to somehow find a way. They're smart. Um, so I'm going to go Tampa number two, Toronto number three, in the metro. I'm going to go Carolina number one. I think they run away with that. Yeah. I think ultimately – I think Carolina and Boston are really close in the President's Trophy because I think Carolina is just going to gain that much ground in Boston. So we'll see. I'm not going to bet against any of those two for a President's Trophy, but we'll see. Uh, Two and three, I'm going to disagree with you. I think the Devils are going to cool off, but I think the Rangers aren't as good as they appear. I don't think Lafreniere is as good as he was drafted to be. I don't think Kaka was as good as he was meant to be drafted. Um Development obviously, if the Rangers prospect has been prospects have been iffy, we're going to get a whole lot of heat probably from Rangers fans. But I'm going to go Devils number two, Rangers number three. I think both those teams though are going to cool down. I think that's going to allow Pittsburgh to get back in the race. Speaking of which, I have the Penguins first wild card spot, although they've been struggling recently. I like them over Washington. I think Crosby's been really good, I think Gensel's very underrated. I think they do something at deadline with their goaltending. Although, I think Jari can be a good goaltender. It's, it wasn't that long ago that he was an all star. I mean, yes, we can throw that term around with the, the NHL, but he was good. Not probably, yeah. I mean, even the goaltending last year was pretty good for the Penguins. I mean, the only reason why they got eliminated in the first round to the Rangers was because of their goaltending and how yeah. they injured the hell they were. Um, so I got the Penguins. Uh, that's seed number one that's seed number two man it's going to be brutal like you said the islanders i think are going to sniff and sniff their around there i think washington i think they have themselves in a good spot right now i don't really believe in them but i do like the offseason moves that they had of strome and milano i really like the strome deal for them i just think their core is old i think that core is a little bit old i think even though I, I think Ovechkin is good, even though I'm not a big fan of his, but um, I don't know. There's just something about that yeah. team. I think they're getting to the end. I mean, we say that every year about them and the Penguins, but I, I don't know about them this year, to be honest. Um, we already talked. About, I already talked about the Islanders, and then let's we'll just talk about Buffalo. <laughs> man, when was the last time you remember saying someone saying, man, it feels good to be a Sabres fan?
1: It's been been a while, honestly. Uh, before the the season that they got Eichel, I I knew a few Sabres fans who were really excited for that season because they were like, we got O'Reilly, we got Eichel. You know, they, they thought that would finally be their year to get in. Obviously, it wasn't. Yeah, and then they had Hall as well. That one. Yeah, year. that the the short season. I knew a few Sabres fans who were like, you know, we got Hall, we got Eichel. You know, now maybe we'll finally push for a wild card. But it hasn't been a hasn't been fun to be a Sabres fan. if It wasn't. 10 plus years. And then this yeah. year, like now they have this exciting young court. Tage yeah. Thompson
0: is one of the like best players to watch. Like I'm saying that as a Sharks fan, you're saying you would yeah, probably I, say the I, same I, as an I Tage like Thompson. Yeah, Tage Thompson's fun to watch and that defense is great. Um their goaltending is weird, but somehow good because Craig Anderson is right away channeling Vesna trophy itself <laughs> and trying to carry the Sabres team to their first playoff appearance, I believe, since twenty eleven. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and I think the Sacramento Kings currently own like the longest playoff drought in yeah, all that, the four major I sports. I think it's the Sabres. Then I think it's the Sabres, I believe. Do not quote me on that. Um Maybe maybe the Jets. They might also be up there. But I know the Sabres are the longest in the NHL and probably one the longest in the four major sports. I like their chances. I think either this year or next year they make the playoffs, and I think those goat jerseys are beautiful. Yeah, in this last spot, I'm gonna go Buffalo. <laughs> I I don't know, man. But like I I never I haven't said that ever. Like even when they got Taylor Hall, I was like, man, I think they're gonna be good, but I think they're gonna barely miss out. I haven't chosen Buffalo ever to make a playoff spot.
1: If the Islanders don't don't make it, I do hope Buffalo gets into that last playoff spot. I
0: really like Buffalo's chances. They have games in hand against both those teams. But if they win out, if they win, yeah. not win, obviously win out, but if they win the majority of their, like, last games, I think even if they don't make a playoff spot, I think this is the best season that Sabres fans have had since who knows when. Yeah. So I like their chances. I'm I'm lucky in, looking in second, second wild card spot. This is the first time ever, but I think Buffalo is going to go to the playoffs, and I think if they get in the playoffs, even if they play like Boston or whoever, and probably get swept or eliminate in five games, I think that playoff like after yeah. the game, the Sabres fans are going
1: to crazy. holy crap just just for one playoff game there.
0: Sa- the Sabres fans would awesome. go nuts, but I think Washington is like gets one point. Below Buffalo, I think those two are the ones. I no offense to you, I know you love your Islanders, but I, I just don't like their chances right now with the hole they kind of dug themselves into. And I love Horvat. I think Horvat is an amazing addition. I think probably one of their best additions in years. Yeah, I just don't like like them going to the playoffs this year because I think those two teams in front of them not particularly say more better. I think they're just in a better spot because Washington currently occupies, I believe, one of the wild card spots. Yeah. And Buffalo has games in the hand. So we'll see. Uh I think there's a lot of hope in the Islanders fan base. I think next year could be more exciting than this year. Yeah. Um but we'll see.
1: But I, I got Buffalo. You know, oh, I mean, spot. the games in hand are important, but you also have to win those games. In absolutely. Hand, so
0: absolutely. I don't know who those who if Buffalo has an easy schedule. I don't have those notes right in front of me. Um, I think the Islanders and Washington are get really really close. I'm not putting any disrespect on the Islanders. I just really like Buffalo. I think they're they're exciting and core. And sometimes, like you know, not making like. Not having like the best goaltending sometimes works. I mean, you the Islanders out of those three absolutely have the best goaltending, yeah. But I mean, come on, look, let's look at Seattle and LA in the West compared to Vegas. I mean, which which tandem, goalie tandem out of those three teams would you take? Probably Vegas's. I like, like Logan Thompson. Thompson, yep. And I think Aiden Hill's a good backup goaltender, yeah. he was great with San Jose last year, just couldn't stay healthy. Um, but again, like. Those Seattle, we're choosing Seattle and LA, and well, I'm choosing Seattle and LA. You're choosing Seattle to jump over Vegas. So I think uh, sometimes goaltending doesn't like get you necessarily in the playoffs. Like it's great to have, but I think in this case, like, I don't know, man. I like Buffalo.
1: I, I know, because having, having you know, not great goaltending forces you to score a lot. If you see that with Buffalo, LA, yep. and Seattle, absolutely you know, these are high scoring teams, that you know,
0: Absolutely. <laughs> not to mention the 9-8 game, yeah. I think it was, against <laughs> Seattle and L.A., Jesus Christ.
1: But, um, yeah, do you have any final remarks or anything? Uh, Not really. I think we got to everything that we wanted to. Yeah. Um want we'll to do this every Monday. <laughs> sure. We'll, we'll see what happens in the yeah. next few weeks with the trades. Yeah, I guess,
0: like, yeah, we're
1: probably going to get a lot of news, like, coming up in the next few weeks, so we're yeah. going to talk a lot. We I mean, we're a little less than a month away from the deadline. I think mm-hmm. it's March 4th march it's 3rd maybe. it's late this year yeah it's and usually it's the, like the last week of February, February now yeah. it's
0: March yeah so I mean we'll cover it all um we'll share our thoughts yeah. um I mean even yeah. when it hits offseason past playoffs um we're gonna yeah. still like talk about talk about because we' still
1: got news in the off season. We yeah got the that
0: too and I'm sure we have a lot talked about like we're huge hockey fanatics like yeah you gotta almost every other ever coyotes game we're gonna most of the ASU men's game, I mean, my both of our careers are going to be centered around sports. I cover the freaking women's hockey team, just fun. Maybe I'll have a couple of that stuff uh, ahead in time. They're going to go to the uh, regionals in a couple of weeks, so I'll be in Colorado. So that's going to be fun. Um, but, yeah, this was episode one of the Desert Shift. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, Chase, be- Chase Beardsley underscore. Uh, Tyler, you want to plug anything? um i gotta look what my twitter
1: even is <laughs> it, it happens <laughs> man i i changed mine like not too long my ago. Twitter, so i was about to say my old one tyler cass underscore yeah sure. my twitter follow me there
0: yeah for sure and i'm sure uh we're going to be creating like social media accounts for this podcast i'm sure um but yeah i hope you guys enjoyed uh this was my first time doing a podcast tyler's yeah, first too. time yep for, for sure so for Chase Beardsley and for Tyler Cast, this has been the Desert Chip Podcast. We'll see you all next week.